Starting a new business is an exciting journey, but it also comes with its fair share of risks. Business insurance safeguards your hard work by protecting your assets. Without it, a substantial liability claim could put your personal finances at risk. Liability insurance also gives you a competitive edge in the market. Visit Zensurance forward slash save 35 to get a free quote for the low cost insurance protection you need so you can focus on your growing business. Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, this is Cynthia Lockery from Canada's podcast, where we talk to entrepreneurs right here in BC who are making it happen. My guest today is John Kirk. John has developed several products that have gone from concept to millions in sales, all based out of his home office in Surrey. This is where he conceives the products, brings them to consumer shows, proves the saleability, develops a pitch, and from there brings it to mass distribution via direct response television. John, looking forward to talking to you today. Welcome to the show. Why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself and your current business? Sure, sure. I'm a passionate entrepreneur and I love developing products that make life a little bit easier for our consumers out there. And further to that, in the world of business, with the gig economy, entrepreneurship, I really like empowering distributors to achieve their dreams and to achieve their lifestyle by design. And we do that here with um, teaching them to be distributors of our great products. Sounds. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur in the first place? I know you have a little bit of a family history there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Growing up in Langley, you know, my sister and I with my mother, she was a single mom. She'd come out from Finland and she worked six days a week. She worked really hard to provide a fantastic life for us. But it was tough. We didn't have a lot of family time together. And um, and I was determined at a young age to to go ahead and to build a life of my design. So what job experience or, um, that you had really set you up to be an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question, Cynthia. As a young man, I was always looking for something that would resonate with me. And I wasn't 100% sure what it was. You know, at, uh, at 15, I think I was a heavy duty mechanics apprentice and I was doing that. And I thought I would just save and invest and save and invest and build a fortune that way. But I had a good friend of mine who um, uh, we were talking about sales quite often because my dad was a pitch man, a sales guy. And he told me about his cousin who was a sales guy. And he made $100,000 a month and drove a Lamborghini Diablo. And I, and I said, nobody makes $100,000 per month. And his mother verified. I said, no, it's true. And we'll bring you over and we'll have dinner with Blake was his name. So we went to go meet Blake. And Blake, uh, you know, he got kicked out of school at the age of 19 or 18. Uh, he started mowing lawns and he got involved in a, in a business. And yeah, by the time he was 19, he was making 100 grand a month. Uh, so he basically took me underneath his wing and, and introduced me to some of the great leaders at that time. And there was my first real taste of um, entrepreneurship. And, and, I, and I dove in both feet. Um, at that time, I think I was about uh, 16 years old, right? And, uh, and I was just 
I was, it was mind boggling, uh, the world that he introduced me to, uh, Jim Rowan and Larry Thompson and Zig Ziglar. And, uh, I just take a full immersion in that. And that really encouraged me. And I'll say that even before I met Blake, I read Napoleon's Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And that really had me looking and had me inspired. And then meeting this gentleman, Blake Morgan, who took me under his wing, um, you know, he was extraordinarily successful. He had amazing uh, mentors himself. And, uh, and that really was what got me on my entrepreneurial track. Wow, that's a great story. Mm -hmm. um, what are you most proud of in terms of the work that you do? Yeah, well, I, I um, you know, I, I think that uh, I went away and I worked in the stock market for about 18 years and I was in front of the computer all day long and, you know, just moving money around. And there was nothing great about that. And it kind of reminded me of that that pretty woman movie where Richard Gere is uh, he would he would buy these distressed companies and tear them up and just sell them off and people would lose their jobs. And, and he was just doing it for the money part of it. Mm -hmm. So when there came a point in 2008 where the stock market ceased to exist, you know, due to the subprime crisis, it had a, a major correction and everyone working in the stock market, you know, were looking elsewhere. So I literally found myself selling the miracle chamois at the Abbotsford flea market. And I was making 1200 bucks a day, you know, working a half day on a Sunday. So, you know, I was making nearly $5,000 a month, just working one half day per week. But at that time, I realized that I like people, right? I like interacting with people. And um, I like uh, introducing them to products that are going to make life just a little bit better. And they're excited to buy it. And they're excited for the deal. And they're excited to get home and try it. And I know the products that, that I sell are fantastic because I use them myself. Mm -hmm. And I know that if you've got a knife that's never, ever going to go dull, right? It's going to make life a little bit, bit better. If you've got the miracle chamois and you're not using those man-made chamois or going to the car wash all the time, you're going to save money. You're going to take pride in, in, in your fantastic car. Your neighbors are going to stop talking about you and it's going to be fantastic. So making life a little bit better with these products, every one of these products, that's what gives me a, a sense of pride um, with what it is that I do. <laughs> And going off of that, is there one piece of information about your industry that you think would be of interest to listeners? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think that uh, our industry has been called the second oldest industry in the world. And, you know, from from the from the, the, the pitch man that used to come into the towns um, and they would set up their, their banner and they would, you know, start pitching you know, uh, right out of the back of their uh, their wagons, um, they would, you know, there was a magic to that. In, in today's version of that is you would go to your country fair and you would see the guy up on the box with a microphone and he'd be slicing and dicing. And, you know, people would say, geez, honey, I don't want to uh, go talk to that guy. He's going to make us buy something. And he'd say, no, sweetie, we got to see this guy. He's awesome. And sure enough, you would garner a massive crowd of people, having them all nod their heads on cue, laughing at his corny jokes on cue and lining up to buy his slicer dicer widget on cue and walking away with a fancy bag and a smile on their face on cue so he could do it again and again and again. So I think that, that that's where the magic is. And I think that people have seen that and they know it. And, and you can certainly um, say that people know us from television, right? Where you have the Ron Papils, the Billy Mazes, uh, the, the Vince, the ShamWow guy, who's a friend of mine, who's awesome. 
But um, I think that if anybody is looking at this particular industry, it's an industry that you know about, right? You, you've seen it and you know about it. But the mechanics behind it, you don't know because you don't go to university and they don't teach us there, right? So it's a bit of, a, um, of an exclusive club, if you will. I like to call it a family because when I'm on the road at the Calgary Stampede or at the PE or at the you know, Pomona Fair in Los Angeles County, it's like a big family. You know everybody there, right? But if you are uh, a person who likes people, and you like to entertain, right? Let's face it. That's what we do, Cynthia, is mm-hmm. we do our dog and pony show and people put money in our hat and they walk away with a smile. The operative thing is that they walk away with a smile and they are going to be improving their lives in their kitchens, in their homes, with their pets, whatever it is, right? So for us, indeed, um, if, if somebody wants to learn this industry, I would strongly recommend it if you're that people person, if you're that entertainer, and if you like to make better, uh, life a little bit better for folks, this is something I would strongly encourage somebody to look into. And if anybody wants to know about it, you can contact me. My website is johnkirk.com. Easy peasy. Yeah, that's I, I love that. It's about that entertainment um, with the sales. So it's not just selling, it's also entertaining. I'm thinking of country fairs that I've been to. And yes, you're right. I always walk away with something. And that's what Sam Walton said in his book, right? Uh, he said that that is the future is retail tainment. He sort of coined the phrase retail tainment. But sure, if somebody's coming into the store, they just don't want to see brown boxes on boring shelves, right? They want to have a magical Disneyland experience in that fantastic store. And if there is somebody that does have something that's going to make life better in the kitchen, that demonstration, it's entertainment. We all are familiar with it. We all know and love it. Uh, Not all of us love it, right? But most of us do. But certainly it fits into that category of retailtainment. Absolutely. So what advice would you give to somebody who's who's starting out as an entrepreneur or thinking about leaving their comfortable job to take this uh, different journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, like all my friends say to me at karaoke, don't quit your day job because you don't need to, right? So if you have a side gig, because the gig economy right now, more than half of the households in North America are somehow involved in the gig economy or the side hustle economy. So if you've got your nine to five and you're coming home, Forget about watching four hours of Netflix. Make it two hours and spend two hours on your side gig and build that up, whatever it is that you're passionate about. Now, when when, when you're thinking about a side gig, does that mean you just are going to go to skip the dishes and get a job, right? Or are you going to renovate that, that spare bedroom in your home to do an Airbnb? You can get a little bit more creative than that. If you get yourself a journal, I always suggest everyone has a journal. And you can brainstorm your ideas on paper, right? Whatever it is that you're passionate about. If you can put it down on paper, have your goal, have your milestones, you know, that's going to achieve that goal, break it right down to your daily method of operation. And now you don't need to quit your job. Go ahead and implement that on the side, right? Bring in your product, do your product branding, right? Or identify the service you want to provide. Do your branding for your company, Write your business model, and I have an easy way to show you how to do that on my website, johnkirk.com. And at that point, you can now dedicate, like I say, a couple of hours per evening, okay? Uh, Perhaps on the weekend, you can dedicate a little bit of time. But, you know, 
you don't want that to interfere with your your family life or your fitness or your faith, but you definitely want to get serious about that. So there's my recommendation. Great advice. A little bit less Netflix, a little bit more time strategizing. Amen. So we're both located in BC. So let's talk about what are some of the benefits of being an entrepreneur who's based in BC? You know, I when I was younger, I, I was, you know, I think I was 19 or 20 and I went out to Honolulu, Hawaii, and I was selling these magic pens. I was making a thousand bucks US per day. And I loved surfing. I loved the beach. I loved the weather. And I thought to myself, why in the heck did my parents settle in Vancouver of all places, right? But I've, I've traveled all around the world. I've lived in a number of different places. And I always come back to BC because it's beautiful. Okay. So in respect to the beauty, right, we get fantastic summers. We get real winters, but the snow stays up on the hills. It's not on our driveway to be shoveled like it is in the east. Um, but when it comes to Vancouver as a business center, right, or British Columbia as a business center, I got to tell you, I think it is fantastic. So we are the melting pot of North America. There's a number of other melting pots, I'm sure, but BC, without a doubt, is a melting pot. My mother came from Finland. My, my father was born in the UK. And, um, and there's so many different cultures here. And I love it because the demographic that I'm looking for are at the consumer shows, as I mentioned to you, right? So you're at the, the P&E here in Vancouver, the Calgary Sandpeed in Calgary, uh, the C&E on the east. But when people are coming there, especially to the home shows, right, the garden shows, the home improvement shows, they're paying for parking, they're paying to get in, they might not buy that $200,000 swimming pool addition to their backyard, but they ain't going to leave empty handed, they're going to get something, right? So, um, so here, we get to see all sorts of different cultures. And, you know, I have a brand called the Miracle Chef, right, at MiracleChef.com. But we have all sorts of... Um, uh, kitchen accessories like the greater plate, like the miracle whisk. And I have the, the Indian folks, I've got the Asian folks, I've got the Europeans, and they're talking about all different cuisine, how products fantastic for their tabbouleh or their masala or, or their, um, you know, their wonton, their dim sum, whatever it is, right? So um, I, I wouldn't have that benefit if I didn't live in BC. And the third part about BC that I want to mention is stuff is expensive here, right? Yes. <laughs> so it, if you're if you're importing something from America, so if I'm selling, I just live about 45 minutes from the border, okay? So if I'm selling something out there, right, I'm going to get it for 30% cheaper. Plus, I don't got to pay for the import and export duties coming into Canada, right? Plus, I get to sell it for 30% more in U.S. dollars. So if we're selling it in Canada, if you can do it here, then you can do it anywhere. And it's the perfect stepping stone because once you develop your market here in Canada, or I should say in Vancouver, British Columbia, right? Then you can expand into the largest market on the planet, the United States of America, right? It's a very easy transition. If you wanna expand by distributors, franchise, um, uh, perhaps affiliate salespeople, whatever it is, it's very easy to expand. But if you can prove it and see success in this market, then the world is your oyster. And I should also say, not just America, but also China, right? I think that we are the closest shipping port to China 
which is the number two economy on the planet. Running a new business can be stressful. The last thing you need is to worry about unexpected accidents or lawsuits. Don't overlook the importance of liability insurance. It's a critical investment in the success of your business. Protect yourself, your assets, and your reputation by securing the liability coverage you need. Take the first step in safeguarding your business. Today, go to zensurance.com forward slash save35 for a free business insurance quote. Get the low-cost insurance protection you need from Canada's small business insurance experts. Now, what do you see as the challenges about being located in BC? Hmm. There's another good question. Um, the challenges are that the largest market is 45 minutes across the border, right? But it's like pulling teeth in order to get your products over there. So when I first started with all my different products, I could literally have my, my factory send over a container to Amazon and they warehouse it and they distribute it. Now they say, you can't have a container come here anymore. You have to ship pallets. So shipping a pallet anywhere in the United States is easy. And if your product isn't selling, then Amazon has sent it back for free, right? Without any shipping charges or anything. So that's easy peasy. But if you're in Canada, it's an entirely different conversation. You got to ship the container from wherever you're making it to here. You have to warehouse the stuff. You got to palletize it. You got to send it over to the Amazon warehouse. And they don't have just one warehouse you send it to. They give you five different particular warehouses so that you will um, reach their, their target audiences across the nation. So now it, it's not just a pallet. You're literally sending boxes and, you know, not just a box. So you're not talking about Canada Post, you're talking about boxes. So you typically want to ship them by a courier. So it gets extraordinarily expensive. And if it isn't selling there for whatever reason, then they will they'll charge you a lot of money to keep your products there, right? It's, it's ignore, exorbitantly expensive. You got to say, forget it, send it back, right? But if you're Canadian, they don't pay for the shipping. You got to pay for the shipping. And they don't send it to Canada. They'll only send it to the United States. You got to send it from Amazon to somewhere in the United States and then somewhere in the United States back to Canada or back to your warehouse, right? So the economics don't work. I was literally DHLing, like couriering um, products directly from China for one of my products to Amazon. And again, it had almost all of my profits. I was trying to keep my customers happy. But finally, I just said, listen, this product isn't available anymore. And I stopped doing that because it was a headache. So I'd say that Amazon is probably the biggest challenge. Uh, the next biggest challenge is if you're fulfilling here from Canada, then like I have a couple of exclusive products some brands that I've built, right? And people want my products. So I'll use the magic pens, for example, right? They're these felt marker pens. They magically change color. They erase color. They do 3D design, secret messages, and much, much more. <laughs> but um, this product, it's 20 bucks, right? So if somebody wants to buy it, they got to pay 20 bucks. Plus, they got to pay for shipping. Shipping to go to the States from Canada? Pack a lunch. It's going to be like 11 bucks. Mm -hmm. So you're paying more than 50% just for the shipping. If, again, I was 45 minutes um, from my home in Blaine, Washington, I can ship that same thing out for a couple of bucks. Mm -hmm. So to compete with Americans, 
Uh, it's it's very difficult. So you literally have to set up your 3PL shipping there or get a warehouse there, have employees there. Otherwise, um, it is it is a very difficult journey. Now, staying on the BC, um, with, with work-life balance, it's something we talk a lot about. What, what do you do for work-life balance and um, activities that you enjoy in a, in a province that's filled with activities? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I, I have the brand Get Great, right? So life is short. Get great in the areas of life you're most passionate about. And I really touch on the four areas, four areas. Um, I touch on fitness, faith, family, and finance, right? And finance is business and everything rolled into one there. But so for me, I literally get up in the morning and I go straight to the gym, right? And I work out. So I'm literally at the desk at 10 a.m. and my work colleagues are here and it's nose to the grindstone and pedal to the metal, right? So, um, but also faith, right? You got to have your faith because if you're stressed out because there's so much work and you're anxious because you're going to lose this contract or someone's going to copy you or whatever, it's just too much. So it's really good for you to have a faith, whatever faith that is, if you like, I'm a Christian, right? But I think that if you have all this stress, you put it on God, then it's just, it's off your shoulders. He'll take it off your shoulders if you ask him to. And then family, right? You know, you can have business colleagues you're running with. You can have great friends you're running with or people that, you know, follow you. But when you're sick and then you're on your deathbed, who's going to be there? Your family, right? So they should be your most important. So I like to, I like to, I don't always, right? But um, I'd like to have family time in the evenings, right? And it could be watching Netflix, <laughs> right? Or whatever it is. My wife, and I, my wife and I go for bike rides a lot, right? Um, you know, Father's Day just happened. My girls took me up to the chief here in Squamish, which was an incredible hike, right? My son took me out for a fantastic dinner and a movie just before he, he had to travel for Father's Day. But, um, but family's important. And then finally, uh, the finance part, right? The finance part is setting your goals, setting your budgets, and being disciplined enough to stick to these things so that they do come to fruition. And um, yeah, so when it comes to, you know, putting together your life, like I say, the fitness has got to be number one on the list because if you're dead or sick, you're not helping anybody and you're certainly not helping yourself. So, um, um, like I said, the girls took me to Girls Crying, uh, or sorry, to the chief this, the, uh, in Squamish, but I'm either biking or hiking at least twice a week. Ideally, I like to do it three times a week. But I'm working out every morning at the gym because we've got fantastic public pools here that have got great gyms. And, and for me to hike, I can literally go to the Coquitlam Crunch, which is very clean, very quick, gorgeous views. I can be there in less than 15 minutes. I can go to the Deep Cove hike, Quarry Rock in Deep Cove in Vancouver. I can be there in 30 minutes, right? But again, I do these ones as my, my stepping stones to get up to the Grouse Grind, which I do every birthday. And this birthday is going to be birthday number 51. So, um, you know, <laughs> I, I just did the chief here just two days ago and I can't walk right now. My quads are dying, right? <laughs> but, you know, you have that ambition and, and, okay, this is dad's day. What do you want to do? Right. I get two days a year, father's day and birthday. Um, and I want to, I want to go and do something fantastic with, with my family, but we literally did this gigantic hike and we're up on the mountain. We got the pocket rocket and we're cooking chicken breasts and uh you know just uh, had a fantastic luncheon with a gorgeous view 
And we couldn't do that anywhere else. I've lived a lot of different places, but we don't get that like we get here in BC. And, you know, the other thing that we do, I say we go bike riding a lot, but um, where I live in Surrey, on this end of Surrey, we call it South Surrey, is the Pacific Ocean. We've got White Rock and we've got uh, Crescent Beach. We like to go to Crescent Beach. White Rock is a little too busy for us older folks, but Crescent Beach, gorgeous. And on this side, we have the Fraser River. I live right here on the Fraser River, right? But um, as we go down the river a little bit, there's what's called Fort Langley. Mm -hmm. So my wife and I, we basically put the bikes up on top of the Tesla and we basically drive out there and we'll we'll do the Fort to Fork Trail Mm -hmm. on the river. And it's just gorgeous, right? So yeah, we got the water sports, we've got the mountains and um, yeah, like, you know, we, we get a lot of rain here. People know that, right? But if you can't do it in the rain, you might never ever get to do it in Vancouver. So we train ourselves to try to do things in the rain. So I used to live in South Surrey and Crescent Beach is my favorite place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. It's amazing. Mm. So let's talk about success. Mm. How do you define success? But more importantly, how do you celebrate it? Sure. Fantastic. I talk about that all the time in my videos. But I think that I think that success is is endeavoring to reach a place and then indeed reaching it. That's success, right? Um, in any of those four Fs I was talking about or anything else that's that's that you're passionate about. Um, but I think that celebrating is very, very important, right? So, you know, I'll talk about, you know, the family, um, the family, um, um, area. So, you know, it was my, uh, it was my 50th birthday last year, right. And all my family came out to Harrison hot springs and, you know, they threw a big party for me and, you know, sang songs and made posters and all sorts of really cool stuff. And, um, and it was just, it was fantastic to have them there. Right. But, you know, so Johnny reached a milestone of 50, right? So they celebrated that. But I believe that in every important area of your life, you should celebrate it. If you're, if you're endeavoring to lose 50 pounds and um, you set your goals and you set your milestones and you get out there and you get into the gym, you should celebrate that. Get out there and buy yourself a new set of kicks, right? And get in the gym, right? Hmm. If, if you went ahead and, and you, you lost 10 pounds. Well, get out there and get yourself that new tracksuit that you're going to feel good in and look great in, right? And when you do indeed lose that 50 pounds, celebrate that. Go on a vacation somewhere special and reward yourself because what you're doing when you accomplish these goals, right, is you're, you're celebrating the fact that you kept promises to yourself. You stayed consistent enough to reach those goals. So when you celebrate that, you're programming yourself to get out there and to set more goals and to celebrate more. Okay. And, and, and not just with yourself, but with your spouse, with your kids, whatever it is, that's so important, right? Like my wife and I, when we go out and we do, you know, these crazy bike rides, I uh, will go out and have an adult beverage right? and enjoy, right? Because we earned it, right? Yeah. So, Um, And again, when your kids are doing well in school, you know, I always used to reward them for getting A's and this sort of thing. And um, yeah, so I do believe that rewarding yourself, whatever it is that's special to you, right? Um, You want to reward yourself uh, when you accomplish those goals. And on the flip side of that, 
as entrepreneurs, sometimes fear and doubt slips in. How do you deal with that? Sure. And it's, uh, <laughs> that's such a good question. So yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're doubting yourself. You're afraid you're going to let everybody down. Here you are talking to all sorts of people and you have imposter syndrome. I'm not supposed to be here, right? Like, should, should I be doing this, right? Is someone going to call me out? Um, what I found, Cynthia, that really works for me is two things. Number one is you have a mentor, right? And, and that, that mentor doesn't have to be somebody that basically you go and have lunch with every Wednesday, right? You can have a mentor that you put in your ears, right? Like Warren Buffett, I read all of his books, right? And he was my mentor in the stock market, right? Whether he knew it, he certainly didn't know it. <laughs> but I, I read his books. I listened to his audio books and, and I knew him inside out. And, and, and it was, you know, a lot of these people on their podcasts, um, in their books, their autobiographies, you get to hear about the struggles that they went through. And you going through those same struggles on the way to, to be that uh, person, um, you can associate. And the second thing is you need to inspire yourself. I don't care who you are. You need to be motivated. You need to be inspired. And these days, it's just so easy. When I'm going to the gym at 7.45 in the morning, right, I have downloaded podcasts. I use Libby. I don't know if you, do you know what Libby is? No. It's an app for your phone. You got to have this L-I-B-B-Y, right? But it links up to your, your, um, your library card. So you can download any book that's out there, right? So you can download it as a reading book and you can read it on your tablet or on your phone, or you can use it. Um, you can download the audiobooks. So I'm downloading, you know, it was um, Atlas Shrugged. Have you ever listened to Atlas Shrugged before or read that book? No. Oh, come on. It's I know. I'm learning stuff today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, there's so many different books, but you can download these books on Libby, audio books or reading books. But I download the audio books. I download uh, podcasts. Um, I, I, I have an IT guy that works for me full time. So if I see myself a, a fantastic video on YouTube uh, or training session on YouTube, I get him to convert that and I store it as a video on my phone. And I watch these things over and over and over. So when I'm when I'm going to the gym, I'm inspired, right? When I'm at the gym, I pop my podcast, my my, my uh, AirPods in, and now I'm really getting inspired. And and I've got ideas going through my head. And what I found is, when you when you have an idea coming in your mind, right, from something that you learned, put it on pause. Literally, stop where you are. Go to your notes. Go to Evernote or whatever note app you have on your phone, and write down your idea, right? So I would do, I would literally listen to something on the way to the gym, listen to something at the gym. I'd be inspired. I'd be writing stuff down. Right. And then on my way home. And if you go to my uh, TikTok channel or my YouTube channel, you'll see, I, I, I kind of put this phone up in my Tesla and I literally talk to people um, from me to the phone. And it's, it's, it's hilarious because it's pretty good content. Right. But um I've had a lot of training, like I said, ever since I was a very young man with my mentor, Blake, I had other mentors and I was able to, um, you know, sort of, <laughs> I, I, I had a point where I was, I was, I was in a bad condition, right? My, my body was bad. I wasn't working out. I had too much business going on. I had the Calgary stampede and I, 
I went to rent a vehicle because we're low on inventory. So I had to bring a bunch of stock out there, but I had to rent a car because there's no vans available. So I'm driving there like this with my seat hunched forward, right? And when I got out, I'm literally like hauling boxes and putting them on the trolley and this and that. And I messed up my back. And on the way home, um, I, I stopped off at a rest area to use the restroom and I fell out of my car and I was on the ground having a back spasm for literally three minutes. And people are walking by me thinking, oh, gosh, she's got to be drunk or something. I wasn't honest, but it was it was a bad time. Right. So when I got home, I determined that I was going to go back to the best version of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was, you know, 16 years old listening to Metallica and, and hammering the weights in the gym. Right. And, and I determined to be that guy again. So I literally just got myself in that same environment. And, um, and now I, it's my job. If I have a job, my job is to go to the gym every single day, uh, without Sundays, Sundays, I don't go to the gym, but yeah. So, um, the best version of me. So, uh, de- definitely you want to make sure that you're inspired and, um, and, and I do to anybody out there who's struggling with any of the four F's I talked about earlier, think about the best version of you, right? Think about what you were doing back then, right? And go back and replicate exactly what you were doing, right? Get back in the gym, put Metallica into your ears again, right? You're not using the Sony Walkman this time. You're using your uh, <laughs> iPod. Um, but, 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 Remember who you were back then and go ahead and implement those things. Like I said, I was 18 years old. I was in Milan, Italy. I was living there by myself. And I was, you know, mentored by Larry Thompson, by Jim Rowan, by Mark Hughes every single day. And and I it put me on a track to entrepreneurialism that I never got off of, right? I had some bumps in the road, like I told you earlier, right? But um you always remember where you came from and you'll always get right back uh, in line with the path you need to be on. And that's a great transition to my last question, which is, is there any advice that you've been given in your career that's really stuck with you that you think um, would be of value to our listeners? Oh, for sure. 100%. Uh, and, and it is indeed be consistent. Okay. So um, you're going to have your up days where you're on top of the world. You're going to have your down days when you're when you're not on top of the world. Uh, I had a situation where, you know, I, I had these fantastic companies and they uh, and and they were um, shorted. We had a big SEC investigation. My wife had cancer for the third time, and my house literally burnt down to the ground. I wasn't covered by insurance. The insurance company wouldn't cover me. And it was it was a real downtime in my life, right? But I just you know um, went back and, and my faith helped me out a lot, obviously, right? And and just refocused on the things I needed to do. And we rebuilt our home, right, without the help from the insurance company. Um, and uh, and and everything is good. So you're going to have your up days, you're going to have your down days, but no matter what, stay consistent and realize that. Um, you eventually will get to where it is that you're going if you keep chipping away every single day. And and, and be consistent with a cheery disposition, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to be angry about this and mad at that person and blame this person and, and all that sort of stuff. You don't need to be that person. You can literally 
<laughs> first thing my dad told me when it came to sales and I was, you know, selling a product to a person across the table, he says, um, if you're not excited, how in the heck do you expect them to get excited? Right. So you got you got to have a great attitude because people are attracted to a great attitude. Right. And so so keep your attitude in check. Remember where you came from and be consistent every single day. You're going to get down. You're going to have challenges. Go back to those mentors, go back to whatever it is that inspires you and get in that in that that great state once again so that you're back on track. You're in line with your goals. Right. And you're going to make it happen. Be consistent. Have a great attitude. And remember where you came from. Well, this is some really good advice that you've shared today for our listeners. So I want to thank you. And um and I really uh, wish you well, and I know that we're going to be seeing and hearing from you more. Awesome, Cynthia. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.